Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady here from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, here with you today, taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or about things going on in your life, and maybe you'd love to get a biblical perspective on them. Maybe there's something going on in your life that you could use prayer for. This is a show where you can do that every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. Mountain Time. You can call in and speak with uh, a pastor. You can call in and get your Bible questions answered. You can call in and have your prayer requests prayed for. And so I'm here to lead this next hour of Calvary Live with you. Again, my name is Nick Cady here in Longmont, Colorado. I want to welcome those of you who are listening in Colorado and in Wyoming on Grace FM. Welcome to the program. You're here in the show live today. Today is March 26th. It is a Friday and I'm your host here every Friday on Calvary Live. We also want to welcome those of you who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. Welcome to the program to you as well, as well as those who are listening on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. So glad to have you all with us and glad to see how God has grown and proliferated this Calvary Live listening family. We also want to Greet those who are listening online. We know we have ever-growing number of people who, who tune in online, and that includes many people who are outside of our broadcast range, over-the-air broadcast range. That means people you know, in places like California where we're, we're not on the FM dial, but people are able to join us online. So welcome to those of you. I see that we have listeners right now in the Bay Area. We have listeners down in Southern California. We also have listeners it's like up in... Um, is that Billings, Montana, it looks like, and down in uh, Louisiana. looks like we've got listeners in the Midwest as well as on the East Coast. So welcome to all of you. Oh, it's Bozeman, Montana. Well, shout out to Bozeman, Montana. Glad to have you guys with us. And uh, welcome to all of you who are tuning in in different places, especially those who are tuning in online um, or via the app. Hey, if you don't have that app yet, or if you don't know how to tune in online, let me just tell you how to do that because it's a really great way for you to stay connected to this show, even as you might move around or or if uh, you're not in your car listening to the radio. For me, that's the only place I have a radio nowadays, and so it helps to be able to listen online when I'm not in my car. And so the way to do that, you can just go uh, either in your browser by going to gracefm.com, gracefm.com, and then just click the button to listen live, or you can go and get the app. And the app is totally free. That would be probably the best way to do it is go download that app. You can go to your app store or the Google Play store and just type in Grace FM as one word, no spaces, Grace FM, and it'll come right up. It's a totally free app. And it is, um, yeah, available for you to download and listen to anywhere, even in the world. We have also listeners who, who regularly tune in in South America, in Asia, in Europe, even in Africa as well. And so, um, you know, it's just a great way that we can spread the word of God throughout the world, answering people's questions and, and do that not only in this country, but across the world. So if you don't have the Grace FM app, go and get it. And welcome to those of you who are tuning in online. 
you're also hearing the show live today. I just want to remind those on the East Coast and on Hope FM and those listening on Truth FM in Tennessee that you're hearing the show on a one-week delay. What that means is that you can still participate and call in. We would love for you to do that. Please do. But just keep in mind that you're hearing the show on a delay. But that also gives you a cool opportunity where you can um, call in now and then you'll, you'll have a week's time to tell your friends and family members, hey, I'm going to be on this radio show at this and this time. You should tune in and listen to me. And that might be a way for you to introduce them to Christian radio in their local area. Maybe God will use it in their life and they'll hear something that God wants them to hear and the Holy Spirit will work in their lives and it could be a beautiful, glorious thing. I'll also encourage all of our listeners to do that. Help spread the word about Grace FM and about Calvary Live because as... Um, you know, as more and more people are tuning in, hearing the Word of God, we know that the Word of God, it is effective. It is living and it is active, and God uses it to accomplish His purposes. And so let's help more and more people to be able to hear the Word of God and get it in the first in their ears and then let it transform their hearts. So again, welcome to all of you who are tuning in. Just a few words about myself. My name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church located in Longmont, Colorado. We're a Calvary Chapel-affiliated church here in this city, just up the road from Boulder, Colorado. And um, we'd love for you to join us sometime, either in person or online. If you're in driving distance of Longmont, come join us in person sometime. We are taking precautions and distancing, you know, wearing masks at church and everything, but we are totally open. We have children's ministry open as well. So, you know, our approach to this is that we are taking all the precautions we can and yet doing everything we can to stay open. We want to be safe, and yet we want to be welcoming. But we also have uh, online options for those of you who are not yet ready to come back in person. So for those of you who are within driving distance of Longmont and you'd love to join us in person, come see our, our new building that we moved into and what God's doing here. It's been really great. It's been a year of growth for us over the past year particularly. And so we're located at 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont, Colorado. That's 2950 Colorful Avenue, Longmont, Colorado, 80504, which means that we are located in between downtown Longmont and I-25, right on Highway 119, which is the main highway from I-25 through Longmont and into Boulder. And we'd love to have you come out. We are on the north side of Highway 119, just across the street from Sandstone Ranch Community Park, which is where the there's a skate park there. There's uh, soccer fields, baseball fields, a lot of activities in Longmont go on there at Sandstone. And so we're just right across the street, also just across the street um, from the Walmart here on 119. So if you know where that's at, then we should be easy to find from there. But you can also just go on our website, whitefieldschurch.com, and you can find directions as well on there. We have three in-person services every Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. Our 9.30 a.m. service has a full children's ministry. In fact, we just added one more class because we were having enough kids that we wanted to to separate them out even more into age groups. And so um, we have, I think there's five classes that meet right now. Um, so that that is uh, at the 930 service. You got to pre-register for those, but you can do that on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. And then we have two online services every Sunday for those of you who want to watch online. And that's at 930 and 11 a.m. And so we, we are coming up on Holy Week next week. We want to let you know about that. Join us for Good Friday and join us for Easter. So on, on Good Friday, we have two Good Friday services at 5 and 6.30, 5 and 6.30 p.m. We've got some special things planned for that. We'll take communion. We'll have some special music and a message about 
Jesus' statements on the cross, particularly that it is finished. And then on Easter Sunday, we have four services. Um, our first one will be a sunrise service. So if you want to do the sunrise service, that's something that Christians you know, historically have done, even going back to the early church. So that'll be at 6.30 a.m., which is right when the sun will be coming up. 6.30 a.m. And then the, that'll be actually outside. We'll, we'll do it as the sun is rising. Then our next service, 8 a.m., then 9.30 and 11. We'd love to have you come. Invite everybody. Bring somebody with you in person. More information, all the details is on our website, whitefieldschurch.com, as well as on our social media. Just search Whitefields Community Church. Just remember, Whitefields is two words, not one. Whitefields Community Church, and you'll find us on all the social media platforms, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. And you can connect with us on there. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love for you to follow us and keep up with what we're doing. We have a great podcast. If you guys are into podcasts, check us out on the podcast app. We just up, updated it. So now we're doing two posts a week. And one of those is not a sermon. It's, it's more of a discussion podcast type thing. Well, let's get to our callers. Will in Denver, Colorado. Welcome to the program. Hey, how's it going? Going great. What's up? Um, somebody gave me some information that made me question what version of the Bible I read. Okay. So there's just, well, I mean, I kind of put the rest together, but they made the conviction that the King James Version is more supported by the Dead Sea Scrolls, and then that made me look into the Scriptures. Paul had stated not a, or not to change the Word, and if anybody adds to the Word, if you know what I'm referencing. you I know. Do. And it says in Jude, there's a book of Enoch, and I didn't see a book of Enoch in my NKJV. I'm new. I've been in, uh, well, Christ has saved me three years ago, but I'm still I'm just trying to, I guess, use, because in Leviticus, God is very exact, you know, even for bodily discharges or uh, women's menstruation, things like that. Like, he'll talk about those things. So should we not be that much more careful and reverent towards his word, I guess, and Mm. which would be an applicable version, I guess. Yeah. So, hey, I mean, I'm with you. You know, we don't want to add or subtract from the word of God. We just want to take it. And we don't want to, um, you know, change anything, and we want to be exacting about it. So I'm totally there with you. So Bible translation, you know, I, I went to school, um, did, you know, theology studies, bachelor and master's. And one of the things that we studied a lot about was the origin of the Bible and Bible translations. And one of the, one of the things I had to do as one of my classes was I had to learn Greek and then translate um, the book of First John, and then I had to kind of do an analysis of different translations and and how accurate they were, and where they added things or didn't add things. Um, and um, I came away with a lot of conclusions about that. Uh, some of the conclusions I came away with, um, you know, might might not be that popular for many people um, because uh, I was surprised myself. I had gone into it assuming, kind of like what you're saying, that the uh, King James, New King James are going to be more accurate than other versions of the Bible. And I actually came out of this a long, you know, this is like two years of study, um, realizing that that's probably not the case, that they probably are not the most uh, accurate translations of the Bible that exist out there. And, um, you know, I think they're good translations still. I still think they're faithful translations. But I, uh, for many reasons, don't believe that they are the best translations. And I've actually written about this on my 
website. I have a website. It's nickkady.org. And I've written about why, you know, analyzing the King James Bible uh, from the perspective of translation theory and translation, you know, actually looking at it versus the Greek. Um, not just in First John, but particularly in First John, actually, there's some, some areas where, where things are, are, there's some notable issues in First John. But let's put it this way. Um, with any Bible translation, you're dealing with the issue of translation. And the issue of translation is that there are words that, that can be translated. Let's say Greek word can be translated in maybe two, even three possible ways. Anybody who speaks more than one language knows that this is the case, right? So there's more than one synonym that could be translated for any given word in most cases. Considering the fact that the, the Greek language has more words than the English language, you know, that, that means that in some cases the Greek text is often richer than any translation that we can even produce in English. All that amounts to this. That's why we have different translations. It's not because people want to change the Bible. It's because language is constantly changing, right? Like Shakespearean English is almost a different language than modern English vernacular. And so it's, it's not that the Bible is being changed. It's that language changes. And therefore, in order to be faithful, we need updated translations. Now, to the issue that you brought up of um, the Dead Sea Scrolls, I would tell you that that's not an accurate statement to say that the King James Bible is more in line with the Dead Sea Scrolls. Um, first of all, neither of the translations, any, any translation that is a, a modern translation of the Bible, and by modern, I mean any time in the last 500 years, um, the Dead Sea Scrolls are going to match up with them the same. And the reason for that is because the, um, what the Dead Sea Scrolls you know, showed us is that the Bible hadn't changed. Now, where we get into issues is more with the New Testament rather than the Old Testament. Because with the Old Testament, we have kind of a succession of documents going back all the way to the Dead Sea Scrolls, which we can show haven't been changed. With the New Testament, the reason why the New King James is probably not the most faithful translation, and it's not that it's not the most faithful, it's, let's put it this way, it's not necessarily the, the most accurate. And here's why, it's because, think about this, the, the King James Bible was based off of a set of manuscripts which was collected by a man named Deuterus Erasmus. And he collected those manuscripts in the early 1500s. Now think about that. The way he did that is that he went to places like Alexandria in Egypt. He went to other places and he purchased, he was a very wealthy man. And with his own money, he purchased ancient manuscripts of the Bible, the oldest ones he could find from all these different places in Syria, in, in Egypt. And with that, you know, he was able to collect a, very old Greek New Testament. And from that, they were able to translate the Bible, not from Latin, as they, what they had with the Roman Catholic Church, but actually from the original Greek. And here's what we've been able to do in the 500 years since that time, when Erasmus came up with these documents, that through archaeology and through the information age that we're in, we've actually been able to find even older documents and the good news about older documents is that they're closer to the original text than newer documents, right? So like, for example, if, if I uh, have a photocopy of a copy of the Declaration of Independence, you know, that was made in 1972, that's good, but it would be better to have 
like an original copy that came from like 1776, right? Our goal is to get as close to the original as possible so we can verify that no changes have been made. And so the reason why the, the newer translations, like I, I would really recommend the New American Standard Bible. If you're into accuracy, then that's the translation I would recommend for you, um, hands down. The next one would be like the, new, the English Standard Version. It's also very good. Uh, those would be kind of my top two if I was going for accuracy of translation and, and not readability, let's say. Um, but, but they are using the older documents as opposed to the documents that were available 500 years ago. So uh, does that make sense? Yeah. So That's here's what I was kind of like a little more concerned with the apophrica because like uh, I was yeah. under the impression that that was written like at 436 AD, which is way past any of that time that like Enoch died way before that. He was born BC. <laughs> so yeah, like, no, great, 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 great question. Yeah. So here's the deal with the book of Enoch is that you're right. It was written in the 400s. Now you might. Well, OK, first of all. Um, the book of Enoch that's mentioned in the book of Jude could not have been written in the 400s because, remember, Jude was a contemporary of Jesus. So Jude lived in the first century AD. Now, there were other books, like, for example, the one that you're thinking of, I believe, is, is rather the Gospel of Thomas, which was proven to have been written hundreds of years later and not by actual Thomas. Now, there were a lot of books that were written that are good books, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they are inspired by God. Let me give you an example. This Sunday, I'm going to be teaching about Palm Sunday. And you've ever wondered, what's the deal with the palms? Well, the palms on Palm Sunday, the reason they did that is because in the time of the Maccabees, which is the time which happened uh, in like about 200 years before Jesus, about 150 years before Jesus. The time of the Maccabees, they had this revolution, they overthrew the Seleucians, who were these rulers, uh, kind of Greek Syrian rulers, and the people celebrated by waving these palm branches in the air. Well, that's exactly what's happening then. So I'm actually going to quote from the book of Maccabees. Now listen, the book of Maccabees is an apocryphal book, but that doesn't necessarily mean that in every case these apocryphal books were like inspired by the devil. It just means that they're not inspired by God in the same sense of scripture. And so, so yeah, that, that's the thing to keep in mind. So where we have Jude quoting from the book of Enoch, um, yeah, that was a book that was available at that time. It's since been lost to history, but that's okay because it wasn't inspired by God and Jude recorded the one thing we needed to know out of there. All right, so you said New American Standard and what? So New American Standard Bible, it's called NASB, and the English Standard Version, ESV. Those are my favorites, if you're going for accuracy. I thought and, ESV was a little bit further from that translation. I've read it before, but... Yeah, okay. no, it's, it's quite good. In fact, I could give you a chart, and it kind of lays out where different um, translations fall on the word-for-word -word versus thought-for-thought -thought continuum. And okay. um, let me... Let me give you that. Here's, I'll give you two ways that I can give you this article. Number one is you can just go to my website and search Bible translation. I've got three articles. The first one is on Bible translation and like where different translations today fall on the spectrum. And then the second one is on the King James Version, like I mentioned earlier. 
And then the third one is on the New International Version, which also has a little bit of controversy with it as well. So the way to find those, go to my website, nickkady.org. That's N-I-C-K-C-A-D-Y dot O-R-G. And type in the search bar, um, type in Bible translations, and those articles will come up. If you're looking on your phone to find the search bar, you've got to unfortunately scroll all the way to the bottom to find the search bar. If you're on a, like a other browser, you sh it should be right at the top. The other way you can get this, for any of our listeners out there, if you want me to just email you these articles, I would be happy to do that. Just text me your email address to this number, 720-336-0897. That's the text line for the show. So 720-336-0897. I'll send you the links for those Bible translation articles. Awesome. Yeah, I'll look it up on your website. Awesome. Thanks, man. God bless you. Yeah. Keep, keep studying the scriptures, okay? Thank you, sir. All right, bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. Let's go to our next caller, John, in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Hi, John. Welcome to the program. Uh, hello, Pastor. Uh, thank you very much for taking my call. Um, so, um, uh, this is uh, regarding uh, an orphanage in India. I know that they, are, they have been doing the Lord's work from uh, at least 36 years. And uh, they recently asked me uh, to pray, and if it is the Lord's will, uh, to raise some funds uh, for the orphanage and school in India. So I never done uh, uh, fundraising. Uh, I don't know what the Bible tells uh, regarding the fundraising uh, for a Christian organization. So I thought I should uh, check with a pastor and call you. So I appreciate yeah. your feedback so, on So is this, your man. question if it is scriptural to ask others for money to support your ministry? Not my ministry. I, I am living in the United States, mm -hmm. and, the, and this or, orphanage and school is in India. Uh, it belongs to a church that I grew up. Mm -hmm. Well, so, I'll tell you this. Paul, Paul the Apostle, especially in his letter to the Philippians, Paul the Apostle goes and um, and he asks for money. I mean, Paul went on a tour of the different churches asking for money, and his reason for giving for doing that, he making this appeal, is he said, just as be God has been generous to us, let us be generous to one another. Right? Freely you've received, freely give. You know, let's support each other in the body of Christ. And uh, he points out that the Philippians, you know, out of their poverty, because Philippi was in a um, in Macedonia, which was a poorer region. The Philippians gave out of their poverty, whereas others, um, you know, who had more to give didn't. That's um, something to keep in mind. But yeah, I would say, you know what? There is a scriptural precedent for asking for support for ministry. Um, but it is just an ask. Let's keep that in mind. We should never seek to manipulate, right? Paul even makes that really clear in his letter to the Philippians. He's like, Hey, um, you know, I don't want anyone, or sorry, this is actually in his letter, Second Corinthians, it says, I don't want anyone to give out of compulsion or because they feel obligated. Rather, every person should give as they've determined in their heart. They should seek the Lord and they should give. And so um, I, I think this, this is a great example for us to follow, this, that we want to tell people that, hey, look, ministry costs money, but we're not... Um, we're not twisting their arm. We're not manipulating them emotionally or spiritually in any way. So 
I, I think it's fine to ask, but just keep it as an ask. Um, you can tell stories about what God's doing. You can give an appeal, but we can't uh, cross that line into any kind of manipulation. Yeah, yeah thank you very much. So then, you know, uh, this is uh, something I have uh, never done. And, you know, uh, to be honest, I feel uh, to be shame, ask others uh, for uh, help. So I ask you uh, to pray for uh, this cause mm-hmm. and, uh, and for uh, the Lord's guidance uh, for me how to do this. Okay, I would love to pray for that for you, John. Let's pray now. Lord, we, we pray for John and his um his involvement in ministry in India. Lord, we pray for them. First of all, I want to pray, Lord, that you would bless that ministry, that it would be effective, Lord, spiritually. Lord, that you would let them be anointed by your spirit and empowered. But Lord, I also pray that you would provide for this ministry financially for the things that they have need for. Lord, we notice that you uh, did a lot of ministry without a lot of money. You, You spoke from a borrowed boat. You borrowed an upper room for your last supper. You rode into Jerusalem on a borrowed donkey. And so, Lord, we know that um, ministry doesn't depend on money. But, Lord, we know that uh, many times money can be an enabler for ministry. And so, Lord, we pray that you would uh, bless this ministry in India. And, Lord, that you would raise up those who would donate to it. Lord, that they could be blessed in giving, uh, not only in receiving, And Lord, we pray for John. Give him a lot of wisdom with how to reach out and how to do this in a way that honors you and isn't manipulative, but truly shares the opportunity and the story in a way that is compelling. So we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor. God bless you, John. Thanks for calling in. Bye-bye. Hey, listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Taking your calls and texts live on the air. We have two open lines right now. We'd love to hear from you. Give me a call. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Cindy in New Jersey. Hi, Cindy. Welcome to the program. Hi, Cindy. Well, I can hear that Cindy was there. Okay, Cindy's not there anymore, but Cindy had a prayer request, and we can still pray for her prayer request, even if she's not with us on the air. So Cindy had a prayer request for her husband and her marriage and um, just struggling in life. Let's pray for her. Heavenly Father, we pray for Cindy in New Jersey. Lord, we do pray for her husband. We pray for her marriage. Lord, we pray that this marriage would not only be a faithful marriage, but Lord, we pray that it would be a life-giving and joyful marriage. Lord, we pray that you would minister to their hearts. Lord, draw them to yourselves, and we pray that their marriage would be something that is life-giving and something that uh, points each other towards you. Lord, we pray that you would help them in areas where there might have been hurts in the past, as we know happens when two people two sinful people are put into a close relationship, Lord, that we hurt each other. And so we pray for them that there would be forgiveness. Lord, we pray for them that they would be not only forgiveness, there would be uh, reconciliation and restoration of what's been broken. And Lord, we pray that you would do this work in their hearts. So we pray that you would lift their countenance and give them joy. And Lord, we pray that um, just as a sin causes pain, Lord, we know that... um, following you and walking in your ways leads to joy. And so I pray that as they do that, they could do it in a way that's united together. 
And I pray that you would build up their marriage and give them joy in their lives and in their relationship. Lord, strengthen what is uh, weak and fix, we ask, and heal what is broken in their relationship. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. God bless you. Thanks for calling in. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible. You can also call in with your prayer requests. We're here to pray for you and answer those questions. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, that's 720-336-0897. Nine, seven. We've come up to our mid-show break. We have all open lines, so give us a call during the break. We'll get you on right afterwards. Again, 303-690-3000. Text us 720-336-0897. And we'll be right back in two minutes' time. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon and welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air today. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life. I'd be happy to speak with you and hopefully uh, maybe there's something you've been wondering about in the Bible or something you've been curious about regarding the Bible or how it connects to life. I'd love to uh, pray with you through those things, answer some of those questions. We have a few open lines right now. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0890. Nine seven. Let's go to our next caller, Joel in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Joel. Welcome to the program. Hi, how are you doing? Doing well. Hey, uh, I think it was you that I was listening to earlier in the week. You were saying something, uh, uh, Romans chapter 8. Yeah. And you said something about what Jesus and us and us and Jesus. Uh, when God looks at us, he sees Jesus. Did I hear you right? Yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, I think that that statement bears um, probably some explanation. But sure, yeah, I, I do remember saying something like that when I taught from Romans 8. Like I tell you, it brought a lot of joy to me here. Oh, I'm really glad to hear that. You're right. Uh, that God look at me and see the sun. Incredible. Amen. And you know, that the beauty of it is, do you remember that I remember what I said in that sermon that you're referring that was on the radio today? You know, it's that when I think a lot of people, they feel like when God looks at them, he's disappointed, that he's um, not happy with what he sees. But we know that if we are in Christ, that when God looks at us, he sees us in the beloved, in his beloved son. And just as you remember what Jesus, what the Father said about Jesus on two occasions. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And for us to be in Christ means that when God looks at us, we are positionally in Him, then God can can look at us and say, uh, you are my beloved child in whom I am well pleased because of Him. And that is, 
that's good news, man. That brings a lot of a lot of comfort. It means that when God looks at us, he isn't always shaking his head. He's actually, uh, you know, um, spreading his arms, looking to embrace us. That was so awesome. I heard that, and it just really brightened up my day. I went home, and I read, I read chapter 8. I don't have a lot of time, but God, I'm reading it and everything. Hey, thanks so much for that feedback, Joel. You know what? I'll tell you something we're working on for our radio program. For anybody who doesn't know, um, we here at Whitefields, we have two time slots here on Grace FM every every weekday, 9.30 and 2.30. So 9.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. And we're, we're actually rebranding our radio show starting April 1st. And we've started a website where you can go on and you can listen to that day's program on the website and just that's just to make it easier for everybody who listens to maybe like you Joel you heard something and you're like oh I only heard part of it I'd go and listen again or you know I want to know what was the passage that was being taught because I didn't catch that when I heard the recording and so the new name for the show is going to be be set free and the um, the website will be be set free radio.com and you'll be able to go there and find the messages but but Joel or anybody else listening who wants to hear that message from today, send me a text message and I'll send you a link to the message. Uh, text the show here at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. And I'd love to um, send you a link to that full study in Romans chapter 8. Well, I thank God that he put all you guys in my life that I can learn from. I'm pretty just only a few years into it. So I appreciate awesome. everything you guys teach us. Anything I can pray for you for, Joel? Uh, you can maybe tell me why there's a wall around heaven. A wall around heaven. Well, yeah. Here's the thing. Um, you know, let's put it this way. God essentially, at the end of the day, gives everybody what they want. And, and that is the essence of judgment is that some people uh, have rejected God and they've said that they don't want him. And so Jesus is the door into heaven and only through him can we enter in. And so um, that would be my answer to you. I'll tell you this. He, he says himself, Jesus does, that he's holding out the water of life, offering it to anyone who would come and drink. And so... Um, we we really want um, we really want people to to do that and so yeah okay because you know in Revelation John describes the wall and the gates and sure just sort of hit me funny but yeah thank you yeah you, you can't have a a door unless you got walls right there's no purpose for having a door unless you got walls <laughs> no that's a great answer thank you. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for it. I'm here talking to my producer uh, as well, and, and he brought that to my attention. So that one goes to the producer. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, God bless you, John. Take care. Have a great day. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. The number to call, 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Desiree in Thornton, Colorado. 
Hi, Desiree. Welcome to the program. Hi, I was wondering, um, on Good Friday, as a Christian, are we allowed to eat meat? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's nothing in the Bible that says that you cannot eat meat on Good Friday. Now, there's some Christian traditions that suggest that you should not eat meat on Friday. That's a form of fasting, by the way. So especially the Catholic Church teaches that, um, that you know, they say don't eat meat on Good Friday. They actually would say don't eat uh, red meat on any Friday. They would allow you to eat fish any Friday, but not red meat. Um, and the purpose for that is it's a kind of a fasting. But I would say there's no point in fasting unless you're intentionally fasting and choosing that you're going to fast. And the purpose of fasting is for prayer. It's for your prayer life. And so if you're going to fast, you can fast from really almost anything, anything that's outward, whether it's consumption of certain foods, consumption of certain medias like TV or, or, or social media, etc. You can fast from those things. But remember that the purpose of fasting is for prayer. So again, nothing in the Bible says you can't eat meat on Good Friday, but um, it's a form of fasting that has become a tradition, especially in the Roman Catholic Church. Again, it's not in the Bible. There's nothing wrong with doing it, but I would say that if you're going to do it, then understand that the purpose of fasting is for prayer. Thank you. You're welcome. God, God bless you. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church. Here's the number to call with your Bible questions and with your prayer requests. 303-690-3000. That's 303 690 3000 or you can text us at 720-336-0897. So we had a caller who asked not to be on the air, which means that we have all open lines right now. So if you want to call in, now's a good time. But let me go to her question real quick. This person said, why did God execute Ur? Um, and what did he do that was so despicable? Yeah, great question. I actually taught a sermon on this, and I taught it at Calvary Aurora as a guest teacher as well, which is funny. I, I told them afterwards, I said, I'm probably the only person in the history of your church who's taught on the God killing a guy named Ur uh, as a guest speaker. <laughs> so if you want to find that message, um, I can send you a link if you text the show here, but you can also find it. Go to Calvary uh, Church in Aurora. Go to their website and just search up guest teachers. Find my, my message. It was called Beauty from Ashes. It's also on their YouTube page. Um, but here's here's the story. It's found in Genesis chapter 38. And you could kind of go back and start a little earlier. In fact, it's absolutely fascinating passage, especially when you consider what happened later on because of this. And that is this, that um, it's talking about Judah. Now remember, Judah is one of the 12 sons of Jacob, whose name later becomes Israel. So he becomes the father of one of the 12 tribes of Israel, the tribe of Judah, which if you remember, is the tribe that Jesus is going to come through. Um, and so it says that Judah, he was actually living a very carnal life. He had this friend named Hira the Adulamite. And let's just put it this way. Hira the Adulamite was kind of the opposite of a accountability partner, right? Whereas the accountability partner comes and says, hey, that's sin. Don't do that. Hira the Adulamite was like, hey, that's sin. Let's do it twice. And so Judah was hanging out with this guy 
And then Judah ends up marrying a Canaanite woman, which if you remember, that was something that the people of God were not supposed to do um, because it wasn't a racial thing. It was a religious thing. They weren't supposed to marry people who did not follow the true and living God. But Judah, he's hanging out with the wrong guy. He, he ends up marrying this woman um, who he, at first, it seems that he was not even married to her. They, they're sleeping together. Then they get married. She's not a Christian or not a follower of Yahweh. Her, and um, she's a you know pagan. And then they have some kids together. The first kid they have together is named Ur. The second kid they have is Onan. And then it says she bore him a son named Shelah, which is kind of a, a bummer of a name if you're a guy, right? Well, it says that Judah, he um, took a wife for Ur, his firstborn. Her name was Tamar. But it says, this is chapter Genesis 38, verse 7. But Ur, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord put him to death. So to answer your question very simply and concisely, Terry, that we do not know what Ur did. But apparently it was so bad that God said, okay, that's enough. Like, I'm not even going to let you continue living. Now, this happened at some times in the Bible. It doesn't tell us what Ur did. It tells us what his brother did. God killed his brother, and I'll tell you what that was in a second, too. But just remember this, that uh, God takes, I mean, essentially, if God holds all of our lives in his hands, then that means that if anyone dies, it means that that has been permitted on some level by God. And so there are also times in the Bible where God uh, ends people's lives. And he has the prerogative to do so because he's the author of life. Therefore, he can also be the ender of life. Now, that's a prerogative that I don't have and you don't have. We can't go and end somebody else's life. We don't have the right to do so because we are not God. But God, being God, has the right to do that. Okay, so God ends this man's life prematurely, we might say. He ends it earlier than it would have happened naturally. And uh, we, by the way, we also see God ending people's lives in the New Testament. Just remember Ananias and Sapphira. How about Herod? Herod in, um, in the book of Acts, chapter 12, he blasphemes God and God kills him. We, we also see that um, Ananias and Sapphira, they lie to the Holy Spirit and they drop dead on the spot. And so this is not just an Old Testament thing. This is something that we see that God does. He doesn't do it a lot, but he does it on occasion. And so we're, we don't know what he did. Apparently it was something that was so bad that he ended up, um, he ended up being killed for it by God. But here's the next verse, which is also interesting. But here we know a little bit more. But it says, but Onan knew that the offspring would not be his. So whenever he went into his brother's wife, he would waste the semen on the ground so as not to give offspring to his brother. Now, this is a little bit PG-13 here. I'm not going to make it rated R. It's PG-13. But basically, here's the situation. The situation was um, the, that if in a family, if a man died without leaving an heir, because heirs were so important in the ancient world um, that, you know, you needed an heir to take the land that you possessed. You needed an heir uh, to take care of your widow, right? And so if you didn't have an heir, what you would do is if you had a brother, your brother was obligated by law to have relations with your, um, with your widow and produce a child, but that child would not count as that living brother's child, it would count as the deceased brother's child. And that heir, you know, it would, that heir was really important from a legal perspective. So this was really, it was like a clinical thing. It was something that needed to be done. But here's what this guy Onan did. He essentially kept on uh, sleeping with 
his brother's widow, but intentionally not letting her get pregnant. Why? So that she would have to continue sleeping with him. Oh, sorry, I guess we'll have to do it again, in other words. And then he would do it again and again and again. And he's essentially using her. He's essentially what we would call in our modern language, he is sexually abusing her. He's taking advantage of this situation. And it says that when God looked on that, it says, verse 10, what he did was so wicked in the sight of the Lord that the Lord put him to death also. So we know why Onan died. He had died, God killed him for sexually abusing his brother's widow. So that's one where we do know why God did it. And I think that's really important for us to see that this is how God feels, that, that sexual abuse, that taking advantage of someone like that for your own selfish pleasure is uh, wicked. And it's, it's the wages of that is death. And in this case, God didn't wait till he died. He just put his life uh, to death right then. So, hey, good question, Terry. And by the way, the name of that message, uh, if you're interested in listening to more of that message, because here's what's so interesting, is that from that woman, Tamar, who was a pagan woman who, you know, uh, was married to Ur, the guy who was so wicked that he got killed. Uh, and then she ends up having this thing with Judah because Judah, who's Ur's father, didn't treat her fairly. Anyway, she kind of tricks him. It's all messed up. It's, it's all bad. But out of that ends up coming that Jesus ends up being descended from the um, relationship of Judah and Tamar, this very messed up relationship. God ends up bringing something beautiful out of it. And my message uh, there at Calvary in Aurora was called Beauty Out of Ashes. It was on October 16th, 2016. So if you're looking for that message, um, I'd love to have you listen to it. I go to Matthew chapter 1 where I talk about how there are five women in Jesus' genealogy, and all five of those women have really kind of um, tainted stories. And yet God uses those, those terrible stories and he redeems them for his purposes. And how much more so can he do that with us? If God can draw crooked lines or straight lines with crooked sticks in the past, can't he do the same thing with us today? So, Terry, thanks so much for your call and your question um, let's get back to callers and texters um, let me just give you the numbers to call the number to call is 303-690-3000 that's 303-690-3000 we have all open lines and the number to text with your questions is 720-336-0897 that's 720-336-0897 for the text line. Let's go over and look at some of the texts that have come in. Um, this person says, a year ago, I called and asked for prayer for my three adult children to accept our Lord Jesus Christ. I am happy to say that my son became a believer two months ago. Praise the Lord. That's awesome. Please pray that he grow in his faith and his two younger sisters will accept Jesus as their savior too. Nora from Baltimore. Nora, we love hearing these kinds of reports. And gosh, man, waiting so long, uh, two years ago, or no, over one year ago, praying for your children. Nora, I just want to encourage you, keep praying for those other two. Um, what a glorious testimony that God, is, uh, God has saved your, your son. Let's pray for your son right now. Lord, we pray for Nora's son. Thank you, Lord, for her faithfulness to pray for them. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to save them. Lord, I want to pray for Nora's son right now that you would help him, that he would be rooted and grounded in his faith. 
Lord, I pray that he would be built up. And Lord, I pray that you would bless him. Lord, I pray that you would help him to grow and help him be strong. Lord, help him to be sharing his faith as well. And we pray, Lord, that you would use him in mighty ways for your kingdom. But we also pray for his two younger sisters. Lord, we pray that they would also accept Jesus as their Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Nora, that's awesome to hear. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. The number to call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us, 720-336-0897. Someone writes in and says, In the New Testament, it appears that the church in these books was in crisis. I can't help but wonder if there were more healthy churches. If so, where? Hey, you bring up a really important and interesting point, and that is that um, I think a lot of times, right, there can be this idea that the New Testament church, man, we got to get back. We want to be a New Testament church. And whenever I hear somebody say, we want to be a New Testament church, I'm like, oh, really? Well, what does that mean? Does that mean that you want to have heresies and false teachers and racism in the church and and people you know doing immoral things with each other in the church and having to get rebuked by the apostle paul you know what i mean because if you read the new testament books you're absolutely right they're all full of like drama and like wow there was some stuff going on in those churches that was not good and um you know we do read about uh, there were a lot of churches by the way at this time that we don't read anything about maybe they were the healthy ones i don't know Um, Yes, you know, the Christian church was spreading very quickly at those times. I'll tell you the church that inspires me the most, though, is the church in Antioch. Man, that's the church that really gets my blood pumping because the church in Antioch, a few things about it were told there and we read about them in Acts chapter 11 and 12. We read about them in Acts chapter 13, or sorry, Acts chapter 9. And then again in Acts chapter 13, the church in Antioch, that's where this guy Barnabas was at. Barnabas' name, he means son of encouragement. And he's just an encouraging, you know, wonderful guy, one of the first missionaries. And Barnabas, he was part of this church in Antioch. It says that in the church in Antioch, they had, you know, spiritual people speaking the word of God to each other, seeking the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Lord was speaking through the church, sending out missionaries. Another thing we know about the church in Antioch is that it was very multicultural and multi-ethnic, which was very interesting for that time period. Because in a lot of the walled cities of the ancient world, they actually had quarters, and those quarters would literally be walled off. And those quarters, they would have gates between them. You can see this in Jerusalem even to this day. There's the Armenian quarter, there's the Jewish quarter, there's the Christian quarter, there's the Arab quarter. And it was that way in ancient cities as well, where you'd have these people, and they never crossed the lines Uh, ethnically or culturally between they lived in their little enclaves even within the same city but we're told there in Acts chapter 13 that in the church of Antioch there were people from Africa and people from different parts of Europe and people from different parts of Asia and they would all come together and to seek the Lord and man that Antioch church sending out missionaries yeah there were some healthy churches um, like the church in Antioch but you're right the church in Corinth the church elsewhere there was There was stuff going on. You know, I just taught a message on Colossians this past Wednesday, and there was a thing in Colossae called the Colossian heresy, which is actually surprisingly similar to what's very popular in our day and age with kind of mixing different religions together. So, yeah, good question. Um, 
you know, we don't know a ton about the churches at that time. We know more and more as time goes on. We know that there were really healthy churches, especially kind of like in what's now called the Middle East, the, the Levant, if you will, um, that there were great churches there. We also know there are great churches in Turkey, in that region called Asia Minor, and then, of course, moving into Europe. So, yeah, good observation and good good question. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. Pastor Nick Cady here from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. The number to call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Well, I have a question that came in, and it was sent over to my website, which I mentioned my website earlier in the show, and I'll just tell you about it one more time because um, my website has a feature on there where you can ask questions and suggest topics. And I also just rebranded it this week, and I started a podcast to go with the the website. So the website is called now. It's the new brand. It's called Theology for the People. Theology for the People, and you can find it at nickkd.org. My goal with the site is just to very similar to this show, answering questions that people have, addressing cultural issues from from a biblical perspective. So it's called Theology for the People. NickKady.org is the URL, NickKady.org, N-I-C-K-C-A-D-Y.org. And so this question was sent in, and I thought it was a good one for this show. So let's take a look at it. Somebody asked, um, they say this, I was reading the Gospel of John, and during Jesus' discussion with Nicodemus, Jesus made a statement that gave me pause. He said this in John 3.13, No one has ever ascended into heaven except him who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. So again, Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus, and he says, No one has ever ascended into heaven except him who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And this person says, Immediately I thought, wait, wait a second. What about Elijah? What about Enoch? Didn't they ascend into heaven? Maybe they didn't descend the way that Jesus did, but Jesus literally said, no one has ascended into heaven. Did he forget about Elijah? Did he forget about Enoch? And so um, the answer to that is this. That's a great observation. Uh, And here are some things to consider, which I think bring clarity to this and see that Jesus was not confused or forgetting, but that he actually knew what he was talking about. Uh, First of all, it's the question of which heaven is Jesus referring to? Because in ancient thinking, the word heaven was used in three ways. And it, by the way, it's still kind of used in three ways, even in our modern English vernacular. Right? So we'll talk about the, the heavens being the first heaven. So you know, you have first heaven, second heaven, third heaven. Well, you had um, the first heaven is the sky or the atmosphere. In other words, it's the place where birds fly, the place where planes fly. Then you've got the second heaven. The second heaven would be like outer space, right? When we talk about the stars in the heavens, right? So that's the stratosphere, the place beyond Earth's atmosphere where stars and other planets are located. And then you have the third heaven. And the third heaven is not a geographical location, but it is the abstract sense of the word heaven. In other words, it's the spiritual plane in which God and other invisible spirits dwell. And so Paul speaks, for example, about the third heaven. He says, I was caught up in the third heaven, into the third heaven, in what was either a vision or perhaps even a near-death experience that he's talking about there in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2. And then Paul also speaks about what he calls the heavenly places in Ephesians as the place where Jesus is seated with the Father. So he's using 
that third heaven when he speaks about heaven. And so uh, yet we can surmise from different passages in the Bible, right? So for example, Luke chapter 16, we read the story of the rich man and Lazarus. And what we can know is that prior to the death and resurrection of Jesus, if someone died, they didn't go to heaven in the sense of the immediate presence of God. Rather, they went to Sheol, which is the dwelling place of the dead. Uh, David mentions this in some of his Psalms, you know, Sheol, that's where I will go when I die. Well, Sheol was the dwelling place of the dead, but Sheol was also divided into two places, one called Abraham's bosom, the other one called Hades. And these were essentially kind of waiting rooms where you were awaited either for those in Abraham's bosom, you were awaiting the fullness of the redemption or the redemption of God to be completed by Jesus. Those waiting on the other side in Hades were waiting for the final judgment of God. And by the way, still waiting for that, even to this day. So if, if you were to die today and you're a Christian, you would go to heaven. But prior to Jesus having accomplished his work on the cross, people went to this waiting place called Abraham's bosom. So in this case, when it says there in 2 Kings 2 verse 11 that Elijah was caught up in a whirlwind into heaven, we should understand that to mean that his body was caught up into the sky, not that his soul was taken to the immediate presence of God. His soul would have been taken to Abraham's bosom. The other possible explanation here is that Jesus ascended by his own power, whereas Enoch and Elijah, the Bible says, were taken up by God's power. So thanks for that question. Very good one. Hey, this has been Calvary Live. My name is Nick Cady, pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com. We'd love to have you join us this Sunday or upcoming for Good Friday and Easter. God bless you. Have a safe drive, and I'll be, see you again next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.